Blog Talk Radio. I had to do the intro for Leds Up and Ramble On because we're going to be having some rambling conversation today. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. If it's your first time tuning into our show, uh, I am Jim Ventura. I'm a professional navigational consultant, translation astrologer, tarot reader, numerologist, as well as uh, a number of other different types of oracles. Uh, interested in anything I do, go to my website at jimventura.com. I do a monthly column called Snake Oil. Uh, if you're not already getting my column, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com. You get on the free mailing list to get the column. Uh, all that info is here on the page. So uh, today is actually our interview show. So we're going to be talking with the guest today. So I'm going to primarily uh, focus is going to be on, on that today, uh, later on. As we uh, talk a bit with my guest, I'm going to open up the phone lines about a half hour into the show. We've got an hour show today, and you'll be able to call in and ask my guest questions as well. And uh, But we're going to primarily direct those questions to her today. So uh, today I have Carla Lamley here, and she is a life coach and a healer and uh does all kinds of good stuff, and I'm going to introduce Carla and let her tell uh, everybody a little bit about what she does, and then we'll dive right in here. Carla, are you there? I am. Uh, welcome Thanks to the show. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. Good. Great to have you here. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of what you do. I know there's a number of different types of things that you do. I also want to talk about your essential oils, because I think those are important as well, but I guess we'll get to that as the show progresses, but give everyone yeah. a little bit of basic bio info, and we'll we'll start there. Well, I uh, I am a nurse practitioner in addition to my um, more esoteric type of work that I do. So I have sort of a a foot in both both worlds. Um, I really have always been very um, intuitive and awake, if you were. And I really went into a more conventional type of, of medical practice as a way of of um, grounding myself and making myself um, more, uh, you know, legitimate. Because oftentimes in this kind of a arena, um, people don't take the work that um, that we do seriously. Um, the things that are unseen. And right. some of those things that are unseen are so some of the most profound um, kinds of tools that we have in, in assisting people to heal. And I know with your work, uh, with your oracle work, and I have um, had the pleasure of having you do oracle work for me for a number of years now, um, the information is just is stunning, um, the accuracy that comes through. So that's kind of how I, I um, you know, kind of came into this um on that path in my life, and then um, had a my brother was killed in an automobile accident when I was about 19 years old, and that experience um, kind of put me on the path of um, spiritual consciousness. And on the last um, you know 25 years or so, I have studied um, with a number of people, some. Uh, more well-known than others, Bernie Siegel was one of the first people I studied with, and um, Norm Shealy and Carolyn Mace and um, Conrad Satala. Um, Conrad is um, maybe not as well-known in in big, broader circles, but his work that I've done with the Hill Maya and down in um, Guatemala has been some of my own personal um, depths that I have, have found in working in, um, with the rituals and the, the shamans down there. And uh, well, what else do you want to know? What, well, what did you, the well, first thing I want to kind of ask is, you know, I think you've you've in some, some ways done the traditional or maybe not so traditional, depending on how you want to look at it, quest to go to other cultures and other places to study and to learn. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think that's an ideal for a lot of um, a lot of spiritual people. 
actually not something that I've ever ever done. Um, so I think it's really cool that you were able to do it, go to Guatemala, you know, places like that, and to study. So the first thing I'd like to ask is, you know, what was that like for you? Um, you know, what 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 did you notice? Um, was it uncomfortable? Was it you know what I mean? What, what did you? What was the trigger? Because I think that's probably kind of a biggie. You know, and it's really it's really interesting because initially, um, in the um, late '80s, early '90s, I was studying with uh, another wonderful teacher um, who was working with. Uh, I mean, her name is Victoria Wilson, and she is uh, in Indiana. And she was working with a number of Native Americans. So I had the opportunity um, early on, probably in my early 20s, to be able to um, participate in Native American ceremony. And one of the things that Victoria um, always told us when we were going into ceremony, um, and I think this is really true when you're dealing with other people's cultures, is not to think that uh, because you have participating that you you adopt them as your culture when that's not really your culture so one of the things that you know because there are certain um, traditions and certain and certain belief systems that another culture might hold that simply isn't it, it may be a reality and, and I'm thinking more along the lines of like superstition um, it's a reality for that culture and because it's a reality, it's a deeply held belief system, and it actually creates reality and creates experiences attached to it. And it, But when it's not your culture, it doesn't necessarily have to. So, for example, when, when we were working with the Native Americans, um, they believe that an owl feather, if an owl feather is um, if you t- actually taken from a live owl, then that has a light type of of energy to it. If it's an an owl feather that is found on the ground or you don't know the owl that it came from, then it actually has a darker energy to it. Well, so one of the things that, that, you know, some of the darker shamanic type of things that in the Native American culture was, you know, if you want to do something and you put some some bad energy towards someone and you leave an owl feather there of it in their couch cushion or whatever you're going to do. Right. But the reality is, the reality is that owl feather doesn't have any intrinsic magic. That's just their belief. And it's their belief that creates or doesn't create any kind of connection. And the right. same thing is true with the work that I've done in, in other cultures. Um, you know, even the Celtic, you know, I have a, I'm, my real actual heritage is uh, Irish. So in the cultic traditions, and I know you're familiar with that tradition, um, you know they have a number of those types of myths and things that they some people participate in and don't participate in. What people really have to understand is that is not necessarily a reality across the board. And even if you're Irish, it doesn't mean you have to. You doesn't. You don't have to accept that reality for that particular paradigm. Right. I mean, if that, if that makes sense to people. So one of the things I think that is really important when, you, when you're exploring in other cultures is that you um, you have a clear sense of who you are and that you don't embrace things that don't align with who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you should be really careful and make sure you have a good mentor who can assist you in sorting out the things that you'll discover when you're, you know, going into another culture so that you don't find yourself more confused in your exploration than you were before you did it. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that you're bringing this up because, uh, you know, as usual, there's always parallel events. You know, I had a client that was actually supposed to come in yesterday um, who had asked me over the phone if I can help her with an issue was, and she had basically, she was kind of saying it kind of almost embarrassingly, 
um, which I always encourage people not to do that. I mean, whatever, even if what you're doing is, is stupid, it's not stupid. You know what I mean? It's your, <laughs> exactly. That's part Absolutely. of your process. I wish people would relax a little yep. bit. Um, but she was concerned because she had asked me, and she said, you know, is it possible for a family to be cursed, for someone to put a curse on the family, because I've experienced a lot of really, really horrible, difficult things over the last couple of years, um, you know, uh, I, and, and it was interesting because I'll, I'll talk to her. I'll help her through some of that. But I think you're kind of bringing up an interesting point about, you know, cultural beliefs and what people believe to be true. You know, yes, mm-hmm. is it, you know, is it possible for a family to be cursed? The better question would be, is it possible for you to allow yourself to believe that your family's cursed? Well, and also, well, they, you know, because we have we have dealt quite a bit of. Um, you know, different situations and dealing with the the Mayan, um, you know, situations will come up and somebody's having a difficulty and and the shamans determine that they believe that the person has had a curse or somebody's had black magic and whatever. And uh, usually, I mean, the way that we work with it is that ultimately at the center of everything and the heart is kind and that's you know, where I am, you know, all of my coaching and other work is uh, my trade brand name. It's heart, heart of everything. And the heart behind everything is light and is, you know, is that core of pure potentiality. So going, it's not that the reality and the experience that you're having isn't connected into some belief system or patterning that has been created because we do create patterning that creates and physically manifests based on our thoughts and our beliefs and what have you. So if people find themselves in a situation where they are in, you know, coming up against that type of a belief system, that there's a curse or there's some kind of um, somebody interfering, that they can simply go to the, the deepest place of, of their own connection to everything to be able to move through that and and have a different relationship with the energy that's creating that experience. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, absolutely. Is that is that a big part of of what you do when you when you work with people? I'm not necessarily saying working with them, getting rid of curses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm talking about the <laughs> the deeper thing you're talking Absolutely. about here about about helping yeah. people to come to the heart of uh, you know uh, their beliefs and and you know that that process is is that is that a, is that a big part of your yeah. work? I'm, a- I'm kind of wondering. Abs- about. Yes, it is. It's a, it really is a big part of my work and. And the um, the unfoldment is is never ending. It's infinite because you know the universe is infinitely unfolding, and we are part of that divine expression of the universe. So, so when people, you know, you what ends up happening, and I know you have had this experience in working um, with your own path and with working with clients, as you're helping somebody unravel um, a challenge or a situation that they're um, experiencing in their life or in their physical health, as they unravel, new things come up. <laughs> Sometimes right. the same old thing coming up, and the same old thing keeps coming up, and you think, you know, years can go by, and you think, yeah, okay, I've done this pattern. I've cleaned this up. I don't have it anymore. And then another situation comes up, and when you get to the center of it, you realize, well, doggone it, this is the same thing I was dealing with. I'm just right. now seeing it in a different way because that's because that's how we open and unfold. And once you recognize the thread and the pattern, that's, and you can pull on that thread and you can unwind it, um, you can begin to have insights that allow you to make different choices and move in your life with a, with a level of freedom that you weren't able to have before. Because you, it, it actually expands your your beliefs and expands your consciousness as you um, open and you begin to have a different relationship with what's happening in your life and what's happening in your body. Rather than trying to get rid of it, you sit down as and I can't remember who used to say this, but there was a someone used to I think it might have been might have been Maya Angelou 
you know, said, you know, you sit down and you have tea with, you know, what's having difficulty, what you're having difficulty with. Right, right. Rather than trying to get rid of it. You know, you have a relationship with it. Well, and and sometimes it's not even a battle. Sometimes it is, uh, you know, if you believe, as I do, that everything is um, in wholeness, ultimately at the center of everything, everything is perfectly aligned just as it should be, and nothing is really out of alignment, then there's nothing in your life that's actually there as your um, as your enemy. Even though right. you may, I'm not saying you should keep everything in your life either, but when you when you approach it and you say, I am, I come from divine love. Divine love is what uh, animates and moves this energy in of all creation ultimately. Then this is in my life for the purpose of my expanding my and deepening my understanding and relationship with divine love. And when that, and you know, when you're able to do that, you'll know what things in your life need to be let go of, what needs to be released, and what things you continue to keep, even though they may be like that grain of sand in the oyster that creates the pearl. That's really a very a good analogy because it's, sometimes things are in our life are very irritating. Right. But when you look back in your life, you think, wow, if it had not been for that difficulty, that irritation, that you know thing that nagging all the time that that I continued to lovingly work with rather than trying to just cut off, I wouldn't have had this pearl, you know, come forward in my understanding. And I think that's the biggest difference in what I do in allopathic medicine versus what I have learned in indigenous cultures and in other um, types of um, traditional healing is that in you know in allopathic medicine we have a tendency to want to try and get rid of stuff. We cut stuff out, we give pills, we do all those kinds of things right. to try and get rid of the symptom. You know, we got to get rid of the pain. We have to get rid of you know, whatever, rather than having a relationship and recognizing that this has a purpose. This is my body communicating to me. And what I'm wanting to do is shut my body up. And that, and rather than going inward and going, okay, what is this about at a deeper level? Absolutely. You, you know, one of the things that, that I... I'm, I'm in total alignment with you around this particular matter because I, I personally have a very different relationship with illness and disease than I think a lot of people do. I'm sure there are other mm-hmm. people like me, and I know them, some of them too, but I have a very different relationship with it. What I experience is I actually rarely, if ever, get sick or even have difficulties. I've been very blessed mm-hmm. that way, but what's funny is when I was younger, um, a kid – uh, like in my teen years, even to early 20s, I was always sick. I had allergies. I would, I would get the flu like three times a year. I was very sickly. And it's funny because people now, like I'm 40 years old, and, and they're like, you, you do, ever, do you ever even get sick? I'm like, nope. Because it, I, I did a lot of belief work around that, and I looked at what was going on, and I realized something that was really, really significant for me, I did this about 24, 25. I really began to look at what I believed about illness and health and all those things, and I realized that I I was sick a lot because I used it as a way of getting out of doing things. And it started as early yeah. as like seventh grade when I had to do square dancing in in gym, and I didn't want to do it, so I conveniently manifested in you know the flu, and I was sick for an entire week mm-hmm. during the square dance because I was terrified of the idea of dancing. Uh, with anybody, and it got attention and acknowledgement from my mother when I was sick. My mom would be me juice. She'd rub Vicks Vapo Rub on my back and things like that. So I realized that, and I think this is the analogy that you're kind of using is the pearl was one. It became the excuse to get out of just saying no to doing things that I didn't really want to do, and then it also got affection, acknowledgement, other things from my mom that I really sought. So when I was about 24, I kind of did this work and I looked at all of this. And I realized what I was doing, and I began that process of changing my beliefs. And, you know, and since that point, 
I just rarely to, to never get sick. If something is wrong in my body and I feel it's off kilter, I'm pretty much a hypochondriac in the best possible sense that I begin to say, okay, my pee is off color, um, my, my, this part of my body is hurting a little bit right now, what's going on emotionally, spiritually that this represents. I love that book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, because she mm-hmm. kind of talks about what the meanings are behind, you know, the emotional, psychological meanings are behind illnesses and things. And mm-hmm. I just rectify it, and then it often gets fixed. But that's one of the things, and I, I think you probably agree with me on this too, that I, I love to explain this to people that, you know, this esoteric work that you're doing, once you do it, um, your actual physical real reality will often quite even radically change once you've moved through the issue. And yet at the same time, I could look fondly back at the Jim Ventura who was the sick boy. Right. And I love him. He he, <laughs> he had that experience for a reason, too. There was no one that was mad at me for it. God wasn't waving his, his or her finger down saying, you dumbass, you better stop doing that. That's, that's legitimate. I could have right. done that my whole life. But I changed right. views. And but that's right. why I, I like the analogy about the you know the the, the pearl because th- there was something behind it that served you at one time. You then you need to decide whether it's serving you now. Absolutely, absolutely. And and so and it's difficult. I think um, you know sometimes you know oftentimes people don't want to have to um, have that much responsibility for their life and for what's happening in their life. Um, and so it's really a very brave uh, undertaking to step out on a more conscious path with your life and say, you know, um, whatever is happening in my life is here to serve my growth. And right. um, I'm going to receive it rather than, um, you know, push it away. You know, it's kind of the field, you know, what what you, what you resist persists. Um, right. And so, yeah, and so when you are... When you're struggling in your life um, and you continue to focus on the struggle rather than focusing on what is working in your life, you're going to give energy to what the struggle is. And you won't be able to give energy to what is working. And so over time, less and less work. <laughs> so, right. so I always you know, tell people to um, count your blessings and focus on when something comes up that's not working, find as quickly as you can in your mind, find something that is working, and focus your energy there, and be right. grateful. Because that, because because we are creators and we are manifestors, that when you're able to do that, then you are activating that pure potentiality, which is as at the the core of everything to begin to create. And so you ask yourself, what do you want to create? Do you want to create more chaos, pain, and confusion, or do you want to create peace, expansion, excitement, you know, this, this energy of, of you know, expressing who you really are in the world? And most people are going to say, well, of course I, I don't want to create more confusion and pain and suffering. Right. But yet, in fact, that's most of the time what we do until we reach a level of consciousness where we realize, I have a choice. You know, yeah. And that's a very powerful place. It, it, it is. And I think that's because I think sometimes people's beliefs are, um, I won't say invisible, but that they just... They're, to them, they're just facts of reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just become. I mean, I, I, I yeah. for, for me, I've run across um, you know other gay, lesbian men and women who will say things like, you know, being gay or lesbian is really, really hard. Um, that's not my experience at all. At all, I don't believe that. Yeah. I think you know, so I don't. I don't have that experience. Because uh, I, but that's the thing is I think sometimes it's hard to see it because a lot of the things that that we will sometimes struggle with to us we we we're actually just not examining them um, because they're just facts of of reality to us and that's right. Cool. But you know Absolutely. I think that that's a very normal thing. And then a lot of times for to look at the things that are blocking us can be very um, you know uh, 
brave. I had a client that was just here this afternoon that I was just working with, a young girl, really uh, interesting character, Aquarius, like 23-year-old girl, very sharp. And um, she has this boy that she really cares about that lives in Seattle, but he won't commit to her, and it's very on and off, and she's not sure where he's at. And, you know, I was able to actually say to her, hey, are you ready to be, you know, totally fully committed to someone at 23 and be heading toward marriage and children and things of that nature? Is that really what you're ready for? And she said, you know, I never had thought about it. I'm really not. I said, so you're manifesting this because there's a part of you that isn't ready for that particular place. So stop, you know, stop crucifying yourself. I mean, right. you know, getting totally committed well, at 23, is, I think that's not that common. No, and the, and the thing is, when you're able to, um, you know, if, if there isn't, if someone who's in your life is not um, being harmful to you in an, in any way, you know, they're not doing things that are actually harming you, then when you're able to say, you know what, I'm not ready when I'm really honest with myself, and you stop pushing the agenda of what your mind thinks you should be doing. Right. And you allow things to be exactly as they are in each moment. Then it opens up again. It opens up that freedom of pure potentiality where where magic can then begin to happen. And that's when those coincidences, or so to speak, you know, coincidences happen in your life where had you been really engaged in your mind and in your thinking processes, pushing and pushing and pushing an agenda that you think is where you should be, you don't have, you're constricting the energy of creation. And it, and it prevents right. you from actually having as much as you could have if you'd let go. I always like the uh, expression, miracles are nature unimpeded. Yes. And uh, that's one of the things I, you know, sometimes I'll, every once in a while I'll run across, like some of my Facebook friends are, are not metaphysical, which is, you know, totally fine with me. Some of my old friends from back in New York and things are not really metaphysical, even though they are in their own way. It's just not really their priority. Right. But I always laugh because the ones that sort of question this, I'm like, you know, I have one assorted ridiculous miracle one one. I mean, I have tons of them every single day. It's just always <laughs> weird stuff happening all the time, little signals and signs, and um, either I'm yep. really delusional or really tuned in. <laughs> and I think there's a thin line between the two. And if I have a choice in which place I'm going, I'm going with the uh, with the letting magic in. exist. Absolutely. Well, you know, and the thing is, I mean, uh, I the, I have been having this mantra that I've been saying now for the last uh, month or so. I decided that um, today was the best day ever, and so every day I say today is the best day ever, and I tell people, "How are you? Today's the best day ever," and I keep and I keep saying this. And the powerful thing about it is that it is a con- a constant expansion of the last best day <laughs> because right. if yesterday was the best day ever and today is the best day ever that means it's better than yesterday so no matter what happens in my life I continue to say today's the best day ever and that opens the possibility for things that happen in life to be yeah. able to be altered by the universe because you're you're calling the universe and you're telling and you're saying you're commanding something into being, and the universe is going to respond. And if you're running around saying today is the worst day ever, <laughs> then you're perpetually setting yourself right. up for a worst day. So and then even I don't think challenging people realize yourself to see if you can have a worse one <laughs> the next day too, yeah, right? right. Yeah, not only challenging yourself, but challenging all of all of creation to help bring you that. You know, because you know, if you if you or people look at any kind of biblical references and have any belief in any of those types of of writings, you know, ask and you shall receive, and and it's true. Right. And so, when we are 
And people don't realize that your thoughts, whatever your thoughts are randomly chattering away about, is actually a prayer. And so it's important that people learn how to monitor their own thinking. And when you're finding thoughts coming into your mind that are not where you want to go, then again, you have to actively rewrite the program or the script that your mind is chattering away about so that you are actively participating in what's creating in your life. Right. Otherwise, you're on automatic pilot, and you're going to get what you get. Yes. You know, I've even said to people, you know, like one of the methods that I've used when I find myself kind of running negative thoughts and thinking and getting pissed off and all of that. And, I, and I'm a fire sign, believe me. I, got, I, I have my time <laughs> where, where I'm ranting. <laughs> but um, what I've learned is a couple of things that have helped me with it, and, and I'll, I'll throw these in as a suggestion, too, to all of our listeners. One, I actually, when I'm really getting upset or mad or angry about something and thinking negative thoughts, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just simply say to my spirit guides and angels to lift the energy up to take it to a, to a higher level, to move it up for me. And I just mm-hmm. ask. And the weird part is, like, I'll be driving and I'll be ranting in my mind about something, and then suddenly, like, a song I really like will come on the radio. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't heard this in a long time, and I'm singing. And then five minutes later, I realize I'm, like, all happy again. And it's like, oh, <laughs> now I see what they did. <laughs> they just, you know, right. I'll see a rainbow or a freaking hummingbird will come near my head when I'm standing out. You know, something will happen, and I'll just totally right. totally shift gears. And the other thing that I found that works really, really good is, and I I always recommend this, this is something that I learned with getting older, that everything can potentially be a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. So the very thing you're ranting and pissing and moaning about may actually turn out to be something that will actually be valuable in a way. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just your knowingness or that it transforms. You know, I had an issue recently with, uh, I did some promotional advertising um, with, uh, with with Google AdWords, and I, I was not happy with, uh, I won't get into detail about it now, because it's still in a process for resolution, not happy with how they handled it, what they did, really, really pissed me off. And I, you know, it was hard for me not to keep sort of fretting about feeling like I got screwed over and I wasn't happy with that and being a fire sign, lunatic syndrome, must must fix this now. And I, I, you know, I sat down, actually pulled an angel card, and that's what I got blessing in disguise. And I thought about it, and I said, you know what, this is going to turn out to benefit me somehow if I can just relax and allow it to unfold. And I've, you know, the, the funny part is I've had a few issues in in my past with different companies and things. Not often, but every couple of years I've had a a couple of encounters. And I got to tell you, in every situation, it always turned out to be favorable for me. Eventually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's one of the things a lot of people, it's kind of good to remember that you may not be able to see it now, how this could be of value, but um, at some point it really potentially can be. So Absolutely. I'm good. Absolutely. Yeah. And then people have to understand, too, that, you know, when you're in that, um, when you're in that flow, and it really is, has a different um, frequency. And one of the things that you said, you asked your angel to, to move the energy up um, so that people, um, I know we have a pretty variety, wide variety of listeners, so people understand that we're talking about a frequency, not a direction. Right. So the frequency is higher than the frequency that the situation is vibrating in is currently. So it's not I'm asking them to move it up into heaven or up into uh, you know, the sky, it's a frequency vibration. And so, you know, when you're in that frequency of pure potentiality, the universe is able to communicate ridiculously um, easy. And sometimes I've had, literally, I've, I've had an issue, I've been questioning or what have you, and I pull up behind somebody in traffic and the answer is on the license plate or the bumper sticker in front right. of me. You know, and it's like, <laughs> and I have to fall out laughing because that's how right there with everyone that universe, the universe is and all of the the guides and angels and, 
and other forms that are available to assist us here on this planet. Uh, so, so you have to pay attention when you ask for something because um, the answer comes, and and you have to trust the information you're given. And sometimes that's right. that's a challenge. Right. Yeah, to try to when not try to control it. Um, right. How it has to necessarily go. Um, you know, it's funny that you bring it up. Uh, a couple of months, about two months back, I really was really fretting in some ways about not really having as much business as I wanted, that I wanted to reach more people, I wanted to increase business, and I was really, really wondering about how to do it, and I was kind of eternally complaining about the different other factors. And I was working out at my gym, and I was thinking about this, and it was running through my mind, and I was squatting which is mm-hmm. where you put a crap load of weight on a bar and you you <laughs> you squat. And I was squatting, and there's a sign that was sitting right in front of me about how to use the equipment and had a list of rules and non-rules. But where my eyesight was lined up every time I squatted were the words, allow access. Yep. And I laughed because I sort of, you know, I think this is why people think I'm insane, which, of course, I really don't care that I think I'm insane. <laughs> That's irrelevant to me. But I'm laughing to myself now with, you know, with uh, 250 pounds on my shoulders, and I'm thinking to myself, see, this is a message. Allow access means, you know, let 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 people find you. Be open to it. Look at mm-hmm. whether you're blocking it in that sense. And it was really p- very profound. And then a lot of things kind of happened from there. And actually, things are going very well now. So there was some real shifts and changes that came. But again, it was just those simple two words I could talk about with a license plate, allow access. Well, you know, and I had uh, an experience once. It was funny, I, you know, because in my, in my conventional practice, um, I see patients in their home. I'm in my car a lot, driving and seeing patients, and then you know, then I do you know I do my coaching and things primarily over the phone. So I was I was out going to see a patient, and it was the first patient of the day, and I was getting calls from about other uh, issues on other people, and I was driving down, and I was going about thirty thirty eight miles an hour, apparently in a thirty mile an hour zone. Well, there was a police officer hiding in this bush behind with the little tiny police motorcycle, and so he pulls me over for speeding, and he gives me a ticket um, for going, well, he says I was going 40, but still, I told him, I said I wasn't going that fast, and what he said to me was, no, you weren't, and then he he says, if I can have your license, (laughs) he actually said, no, you weren't, and I was like, what? So he gives me a ticket. And I get so I was I was I was like I can't believe that. So I go to the next patient, and the and I'm there in the patient's home, talking to her. And I happen to glance at the TV, and on the TV was an episode of Andy Griffith, and Andy had gone to the big city to track down this guy that had come through Mayberry, and had a speeding ticket that he didn't pay. And I thought, what are the odds? What are the odds yeah. that I would get that that would happen in succession? So I took that as a message from the universe that I needed to slow down because I was working so many. I was working so much, and I'm doing a lot of things with. I have my, you know, my oils and and the my coaching, and then I've got my not for profit, and then my my work as a provider, and you know, so I was doing a lot of different things, and um, so the message was pretty clear. I needed to slow down. And I think the reason why that happened was so that I didn't just dismiss the ticket as a random thing. Because I think I probably would have. I probably would have just dismissed the ticket as, well, just, you know, bad luck or, you know, whatever. Yep. Or the police officer just needed to make his quota or whatever. And I wouldn't have really gone to a deeper level with it had I not gone to that first patient's house and seen that episode of Andy Griffith. I thought... Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess this is a little bit more than what I thought at first. Right. So Again, and how you look pay at attention it, and notice. And and yeah. this could say, you know, right, you you here here's one's fretting about getting a ticket, but you know, it sounds sort of the corny obvious, but it really isn't that, you know, maybe it saves you from having a car accident down the line. 
Right, well, because now you're true. I mean, down. I'm only going 38 miles an hour, but... <laughs> well, I yeah, know, I guess that's I true. Like miles an hour, but, um, but, but it was... And I think, you know, if I had, you know, been going faster or something, maybe I, had, I would have thought differently, but... But I think because I really wasn't going that fast to begin with, you know, when I when I go deeper in the, even into that realization, that um, there is a much more subtle message that I'm I was being given, that you know I need to slow down and pay attention and take and and really take care of myself, and that's one of the things I know that is a um, a challenge for really for everyone. But especially, you know, people who are healers and do a lot of work, um, the need is tremendous. And so we, you know, we often tend to forget about ourselves. Right. And we don't. Along the way. We don't, we don't slow down and we don't um, take care of things that, because one of the things you must do is uh, listen. If you're going to receive information from the unseen, you know, you have to give yourself time to actually receive and listen. And your energy cannot be going out in order to do that. You have to be in a receptive place so that you can receive the information and the energy energy and the support. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Okay, let me pause here for a minute because I want to put, in case anybody wants to call in because we've got about, about another 18 minutes of the show. So if anybody wants to call in, has a question or wants to ask for a little insight from uh, from Carla. The call-in number here is one six four six two hundred three nine six six. You probably need to dial a one unless you're calling from a cell phone. I guess you wouldn't then. Uh, but the call-in number here is six four six two hundred three nine six six. I can take one or two calls today, so feel free to call in if you want to chat for a few minutes uh, with Carla and ask for. Uh, some insight. She was open to that today. Otherwise, we're going to continue on with our interview. And before, I want to kind of, I want to get into talking a little bit about the essential oils. But before I do that, let me give you an opportunity, Carla, to tell uh, the listeners because a lot of people will catch the show in archive. I have a uh-huh. huge archive following, uh, <laughs> more so than my live because a lot of people are at work when I do the show. So they don't catch the show live; they listen to it later on in archive. So, give your uh, your your contact info out uh, to where people can reach you, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about the oils. Okay, um, my website is www.heartofeverything.com, and um, that's primarily my coaching website. Um, there's there's links on there that take you back into the oils. And I'm going to be revising my website pretty soon, too. So um, I'm going to do my best to not have the website down um, at any point in that process. But should people uh, need to still find me, they can email me at heartofeverything at me.com. And um, I'd be happy to help uh, in any way I can with either essential oils, flower essences, coaching, um, in any way that I can assist people with their journey. Great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the essential oils because I know that's something near and dear to your heart and and another very cool thing to to get to learn and work with some real great medicine and I I mean that in the true sense of what medicine means absolutely absolutely Uh, so let's let you talk a little bit about your oil I I first was introduced to essential oils um, back in the 80s and I laughed because I still have my diffuser from (laughs) back then and it looks like a a test tube that you screw on the top of the bottle and (laughs) and it diffuses the oils onto the air the diffusers that they have now are much nicer, and some of them are absolutely beautiful and um, are almost like pieces of furniture. There's one particular diffuser that um, um, I have access to that actually has speakers in it, so it, you can actually put music through it <laughs> as you diffuse your oils, which is pretty cool. And it's got like a beautiful backlighting, and it's, it's quite lovely. Um, so essential oils, um, if you're familiar at all with, with them are the oil from the plant itself. Generally, people, um, you know, will 
think, well, you know, essential oils, sometimes they think are expensive, you know, a little bottle, a little bit of oil. The reason why that is is because it is actually the oil from the plant. And it takes a lot of plant to get a small amount of oil distracted. There's a distillation process that they go through when they are um, pulling the oils out of the plant. And the particular company that I um, get my oils through uh, have a number of farms uh, in here in the U.S. as well as in France and other parts of the country. So it's a high, it's a very high quality essential oil, and oils can be used in a number of ways. They can be, like I mentioned before, they can be diffused into the air, and you can breathe the sense in. Um, that can affect both the physical; it affects on the energetic level of the body, as well as the emotional level of the body. Um, or it can be ingested. Um, depending on the oil, not all oils can be ingested. So depending on the oil, um, some oils can be taken internally, some oils you wouldn't. But you can also uh, use it topically. Um, one of the most profound things that I have experienced personally in using essential oils is that I've always had a problem with insomnia. I've been kind of an insomniac for a lot of my my life. And I got to the place that I succumbed to the to the allopathic world and started. I I had tried used um, melatonin and calcium and magnesium and all kinds of you know things to try and help me sleep and, and chamomile tea and all sorts of things over the years. And over time, you know, sometimes they would work and sometimes they wouldn't work, and and it wasn't consistent for me. And I finally succumbed and I started taking. Um, actual medication to sleep from time to time. And I was taking Lunesta, and it actually worked pretty well initially. I thought, wow, this is great. I actually could sleep. (laughs) This is wonderful. But it didn't take very long before I had developed kind of a metallic taste in my mouth. Mm, And it was kind of a burning, uh, like like my tongue was burnt. And you know how you burn your tongue, and it has that kind of sensitive feeling to it. And so... um, I ended up doing some, some more deeper exploring into essential oils again to find what could I use. And initially I started using lavender. Lavender is a wonderful oil for calming and um, balancing body functions and normalizing sleep. And I used the oils on my face and bottom of my feet. And then I started learning more about the blended oils, and I started using a blend that... Um, I have called uh, Peace and Calming. And I use now, I have a, a blend of oils that I use in a capsule form um, that is uh, has lavender and valerian and tangerine, I believe, and rutabella and some melatonin. And I take that as well as putting put the uh, Peace and Calming on my feet at night. And I sleep every night without any problem. I have a natural waking in the morning, and I restful sleep. That alone is worth everything yeah. to me in terms of what I've been able to accomplish personally with essential oils. And, um, you know, in terms of, you know, there's all kinds of things. There's oils that can be used for disinfectant. Um, a lot of people, I have a number of people that um, get oils from me, who use oils in their house cleaning products. They make their own house cleaning products so that they can um, avoid chemicals. Oftentimes people are, um, you know, very sensitive to types of chemicals, and it's not necessarily the best to continue to use chemicals over time. So that's another area that is really something very simple that every single person, every single household would benefit from sleep and cleansing, you know, cleaning, you know, countertops and dishes and whatever. Um, in the winter time, diffusing certain oils into the air can help kill the flu virus and can can help with, uh, you know, bacteria, you know, cutting down bacteria and helping with asthma and other kinds of problems that people might have. And so um, I try and point people in the direction of, of more natural 
solutions to problems whenever possible. And, you know, sometimes people still need regular allopathic medications and, you know, but whenever you cannot have to take a regular chemical medication, I think your body processes the oils and more natural uh, substances better than it will chemical compounds. It under right. It understands what it is, and, you know. And and also, I guess they're kind of interconnected because, like, I haven't had the flu in, in probably God. I think it's been about seven or eight years, and I, I I've never gotten a flu shot, by the way. But I actually know one of the reasons why I never get the flu is because, like, I sleep a lot. Like, <laughs> I mean, even even when I'm busy, I still. You know, I may only sleep six hours a night, but then I'll nap for another hour. Some days I'll sleep eight hours. Mm-hmm. I think when you're well rested and you eat well, um, you're less inclined to get sick anyway because your immune system is strong. So to me, right. that's a big aspect of being able to sleep well. If lavender is going to help do that, that's obviously an awesome thing because that's also again that's going to be something that will ward off illness in some ways too. Um, why don't you mention a couple of other, just for, for listeners, what about, you know, what are some of the basic benefits of a couple of other different oils, just to give people some, some mental feed, because you talked about lavender. Um, what other basic ones do you think well, could be a help to people? Uh, is there a particular, um, like, you know, because I think that sleep is such a tremendous um, problem, I think, for so many people, because our... Yeah. Our society, um, you know, we've gotten to the place that we are simply, um, we work a lot <laughs> here in the U.S., right. those of us who uh, are fortunate enough to be employed, um, work a lot, and those people who aren't are stressed a lot. <laughs> so I think yeah. this is a pretty pretty profound one. One of the other, um, the company that I, uh, I work with has a number of blends that I think are really um, very, very high quality. Um, and frankincense is being found. They're doing more um, research that frankincense is actually being used um, and, and benefiting people with um, cancer and other types of mm. of diseases. Now, I cannot say that frankincense cures cancer because, of course, we don't we don't know that, and we don't. Um, and I, you know, and obviously the research hasn't been there that I could actually make that kind of a claim. But frankincense not only uh, you know has potential actual health benefits in the physical realm. Frankincense is an oil um, that is really has a lot of spiritual benefit. And you know, of course, it's, it's listed in the Bible as one of the, the oils that was prevented, presented to the Christ child and. And frankincense is often used in spiritual ceremonies as burned as incense. And um, so there's frankincense resin um, that can be burned, or you can actually take the frankincense oil and um, use it in a diffuser and diffuse it um, and use it in helping with, um, you know, meditation and, and spiritual types of work as well. So... So that was one. I actually just recently did a healing ceremony for a woman. Um, it was kind of a an impromptu um, situation that came up and um, used uh, a blend that is, they call the blend Joy, and it has a number of different oils inside it. So it, sometimes it's not just a singular oil right. that you're going to use. It's the combination, exactly. It's the same type of thing that they're finding with nutritional supplements, that it's not necessarily just the nutritional, uh, like the vitamin A or what have you, that is that is what is actually creating the benefit in the physical, but it is the synergistic blending and the combination of those um, compounds. So joy is a, is a blend that has... Um, bergamot and lemon and ylang ylang and rose oil, geranium, a number of different oils in it that is an uplifting blend of essential oils that creates um, the frequency, I guess, of 
that of joy. So that part of my healing in working with this woman is she was uh, going through a divorce and in a, in a big, uh, quite a bit of transition in her life. And so I used joy uh, in my healing ceremony with her. So I use it in both a practical, physical sense for, um, you know, things like sleeping and um, just nutritional support. There's other oils that are um, that have nutritional benefit. I use it for household cleaning, you know, more practical, linear ways. And then I also use it in the more esoteric realm, uh, like I would the frankincense and and um, the joy and other kinds of oils, where it really affects on more of the subtle energy body. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I, and, they, yeah. and then, of course, they smell good. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> stating of the obvious. Absolutely. I have a, I have a customer who, um, it's really very, very funny because she purchased the oils and she purchased, she purchased some oils from me and she purchased a diffuser and uh, she was almost kind of, um, I wouldn't say she was hiding it from her husband, <laughs> but she wasn't, you know, she was like, I don't know. She wasn't really going to come all out and let him know that, you know, she spent this money on on right, these oils. Right. But then, um, you know, she started diffusing them in the house, and he's like, what is that? And, and she told him, I think she was I think she was diffusing peppermint. And he's like, well, do they have other kinds? <laughs> you know, so he was wanting to know what other kinds she could get and what other smells she could get. And so I just actually spoke to her earlier today, and she said, I have to order some more oils because um, my husband came to me last night and told me I was out of oils. <laughs> yeah, see, so total. So my husband, he, that's, yeah, that's, so that's, he is really, even though, you know, he's a pretty linear, straightforward, uh, football-watching kind of guy, he really has noticed the benefit that he has felt in his own well-being from having the oils diffused in their house. And he's actually yeah. coming to her, asking her to get more. So I think that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. That, I, and, it is. Uh, I, I think a lot of times people, you know, you don't want to push at anybody for anything. You know, experientially people will notice it. They'll see it themselves. But I get that a lot with clients, too. I, I You know, sometimes I always record sessions on an audio cassette when, when people come to see me and sometimes people mm-hmm. will request that I don't do it and, and for different reasons but every once in a while I get someone that well, one of the reasons they're, do, they're not doing it is because if their husband or boyfriend finds a tape his head will explode that they possibly right. spend $100 on talking to some well, you know, some weird I guy actually, with cards um, <laughs> right I record I record my sessions as well um, and do it on as a an mp3 file and so I just email it to them. Now, of course, you could still have somebody come across your MP3 files if you if you have somebody who can get into that information. But at least that way, right. you don't have tapes laying around. It's <laughs> so not as right. Yeah, understand. yeah. And you can I, also well, delete I, them. You can also delete them. Right. You could just delete. Well, when I move into the 20th century with that technology, I'll uh, actually well, have I it. It's just I, that's right. When, when I move in, figure when out I move how to in. do that. Right. All right, right, let me let you uh, t- tell everybody where they can reach you. We're about to kind of sign off here. That was an hour already, believe hey, it or good. not. I um, know. So tell everyone how they can reach you. Yeah, um, www.heartofeverything.com or heartofeverythingatme.com. And I appreciate awesome. the time that you have and and look forward to coming back and talking again. Yeah, it was great talking. You gave us some great information, good food for thought. Thanks for uh, thanks yeah, for being here today, Carla. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. There really is. Oh yeah, I, I mean, lot. people will say, "How are we going to fill up an hour?" I'm like, "Oh, believe me, it'll be like a snap of the finger before it goes." <laughs> yeah, right. as you know. and we didn't even take callers today, so. Absolutely. All right. We could, thanks. Uh, we could talk about nothing but oils. All right. Bye bye. All right. Cheers. All right, thank you very much for all that insight today, Carla. Yeah, check out Carla's website. Uh, she does some great work, and you can check out the oils. They're you know they're really not expensive either, guys. Oils and essential oils and flower essences, great tools to help with transformation. I use all kinds of little stuff like that. I mean, to me, easy to do and and work with. You know, definitely something to to check out. All right, so we're finished with today's show. Uh, This is Jim Ventura. If you're not already getting my uh, monthly 
newsletter, please feel free to email me at VenturaSag, V-E-N-T-U-R-A-S-A-G at yahoo.com. Add you to the uh, monthly uh, newsletter mailing list. You can also look me up on Facebook, uh, people who get my newsletter and Facebook followers from my uh, fan page get discounts on sessions and all kinds of cool updates that I do, usually almost weekly, uh, at least on Facebook anyway. The column's just monthly. Anyway, I'll be here next week for our astrology show. It's a good show to call in if you want to get a little mini-reading halfway through the show. Uh, take a couple more calls during that show, and we'll an update on astrology. Mercury goes direct in a couple of days. Hallelujah. You'll know what I mean uh, by that, and we'll talk about that next week on the Astrology Show. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Snake All Radio. I'll catch you next time.